morning, everyone. Thanks for getting up at 8 o'clock, or before 8 to get here by 8 o'clock. Well done. Most of the Ballard congregation is still sleeping. So you guys are overachievers. This is my Vanna White here. I'll solve for mirror for 300, Vanna. Thank you. Sorry if that's shining in anyone's eyes, but I think it's getting the exit sign, so we'll be okay. You might have heard this passage before. Uh, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. Peace. Is there anyone around here that could use a little bit of some peace? I see that hand. I see more hands. Peace. It seems as though peace is something we all want, but it is something that we have none of. We have riots, we have shootings, we have protests, we have deaths, we have arguments, we have city council meetings, we have whatever happened two weeks ago on Tuesday with an election. We have transition, we have conflict, we have conflict, we have conflict, and we have more conflict. We necessarily don't have much peace at all. It doesn't seem that peace is something we've been given, so when you read this verse, it's like, and may the Lord give you peace. We're sitting here with our hands open wondering what, what's happening here. For many of us, peace in a modern world is defined by something that is missing. When we think of peace, we think it's the absence of conflict. For peace in the home, for some, it means that things aren't getting thrown at each other. There's not arguments. Doors aren't slamming. So peace is the, the concept of absence. Absence of war equals peace. Absence of strife equals peace. Peace is what happens when you don't have lawsuits or turmoils or lawyers or hearings or accidents. You get what I mean? That's how we define peace. However, peace in this sense, in that Numbers passage where it says, may his face shine upon you and give you peace, peace was something more. It was a more holistic concept. If you were taken, if you look at the Hebrew language, which has fewer words than the English language, and you see the word peace, it's translated shalom, but it means many, many other things. We don't, we have more words, so we can assign words to it like wholeness, peacefulness, justice, completeness, harmony. In the English, we have more words to describe what shalom actually means. You'll find peace or shalom, getting translated in Hebrew or in English to, make safe, to mean safe, well, happy, health, prosperity, favor, completeness, and wholeness. So when the scriptures say, may God grant you peace, it's much, much bigger than just the absence of something. It's actually a filling of something. It's something being put in you to make you whole again, to make you complete again to make the peace come into you and fill you up. Today is the last day in our constant series. I, I'm not good at drawing on whiteboards like Richard is, so we're not gonna see that uh, here at least. Uh, you all make fun of me, but today's the last day we'll see the whiteboard like that. But today we're going to look at this idea of shalom, what it means in creation, what it was intended to mean in Genesis 1 when God made this whole thing how it was disrupted, how you and I feel that disruption. There are many ways which you and I feel it. And then we're going to look at the hope. 
Because at the end of the disruption is always hope. Hope meets us at the bottom of our story. And then how you and I can become agents and models of shalom to our world. So in creation, where we begin, the idea of peace or shalom is rooted in this belief that creation is going somewhere. It's this idea that in creation, things were peaceful, safe, well, happy, and healthy. There was prosperity and favor in creation. It echoed what God said in Genesis 1 over and over again, like the repetitive part of a song. It was good, and then there was day, and then there was night, or night, and then there was day, and then it was good again, and then there was night, and then there was day, and then it was good. It was good. What that is describing to us is this place where shalom was. The idea of creation being whole meant that creation lived into itself and began creating again, which means that trees grow up like these trees. They drop, I'm not a scientist, they drop their little cones or seeds or whatever, the birds eat them, and the seeds go into the ground and whatever happens under the ground happens and then more trees pop up. It's this creation keeps creating. It's whole. It reproduces animals make more animals, and then they have little tiny cute koala bears that we could see at the zoo, and they make more, and they have more animals, and the creation is creating, and it's ongoing, and it's fulfillment of itself. Humans, we create. We'll leave you to wonder how that works, but we, we could, now some people are paying attention, we create as humans. This is the idea of shalom and creation. And in the concept of creation was this idea that creation is this ongoing thing, that it has a trajectory, that it's moving places. It's full. It's whole. Creation is going somewhere. It has a life to it. If you have a front yard, you know this. If you don't mow it, if you don't trim it, if you don't take care of it, pretty soon your grass is this tall, especially now, your grass is this tall. Your trees are growing out of control. There's weeds everywhere. And the, 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 the lawn is living into itself, and it's going to overwhelm you. That's because creation is moving forward. And when it moves forward, it's living into what shalom is. It's the creation's purpose to do that. The growth is a picture of shalom. It's going somewhere. And yet in this creation story... You and I are placed into it in this representative of us called Adam, and we're given a job to take care of it. It's, and the God, God says to Adam in Genesis 2.15, the Lord God took man and put him in the garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. We create, we explore, we invent things. And then those things become popular and they change the world and pretty soon Google is making a Google doodle of you because you became you and lived into what you were supposed to do. That is what creation was. We create. This is the picture of shalom. We create, we explore. The prophet Ezekiel talks about this in Ezekiel 27. He says, the trees will yield their fruit and the ground will yield the crops and the people will be secure in their land. Things were whole, Ezekiel's looking at. Things made sense. Things were as they were supposed to look. There was peace, but there was so much more than peace. There was fulfillment. There was harmony. There was relationship. Things worked the way that things were supposed to work. 
But in Ezekiel 27, 14, he continues and describes more about what that shalom looks like. He says that there was a relationship between creation and humans and things were working the way they're supposed to work. And then there was a relationship between God and humans. And he says this phrase, they will know that I am the Lord. There was a relationship between God and humankind that was whole. It kind of resembles this mirror. $5 at Target, they're having a sale if you need a mirror. <laughs> it's whole, it's complete. You can look in this and see yourself. I can look and say, hello everybody. I can look and see you. When you look in here, things are as they are. They're complete, they're whole. You might look in the mirror and not like what's looking back at you. That's a different story and a different sermon. But the things that you see in the mirror are just like you see them. They're whole. They're complete. This can be a picture of what shalom looks like. There's no splits in it. There's no fractures in it. But we know the story. We live in today's world. We know that it doesn't stay this way, right? Disruption happens. It's the pattern we've been talking about for the past how many weeks. There's creation, there's the intent, but then there's this place where we live, where disruption reigns and rules the day. Sin enters the world. Genesis 3 happens. And that relationship and that wholeness is shattered because of sin. There's a break between mankind, humankind, and nature. Adam uh, is, in Genesis 3.18, it says, it, the nature will produce thorns and thistles for you. No longer will it just grow out of control and you have to maintain it. Now God is saying to Adam and Eve, it's going to be a lot of work for you. By the, spread of your, by the sweat of your brow, you will eat food, and, and then you will, by the sweat of your brow, you will eat your food until you return to the ground, since, it, since from it you were taken for dust you are and dust you will return. There was a break between humankind and nature. And as we discussed a few weeks ago when we talked about intimacy, there was a break between humans and humans. Now we hide from each other. We have strife, we argue, we throw things. If you turn the pages in your Bible, it escalates quite quickly. The fall happens, there's a curse pronounced. The very next chapter, there's a murder brother rises up against brother out of jealousy, you start to see this break between humankind and now there's violence and you keep turning the page, there's another murder and then there's more break, break and break and shattering of this peace that was there in the beginning until you get to Genesis 6 and God in his language says, I regret what I've done. It got to be so bad, the break in Shalom was there. The break between humans, the break between creation, and there was also a break between mankind and God. We hid from God. We still hide from God. We dodge him in the morning times when we feel led. We, we hide out of shame. We hide out of fear. We start to justify things, and now we are living into that disruption between God and humankind's and shalom, which once signified wholeness and relationship with God, is now broken into a million different pieces. Instead of looking like this, it looks something like this. It's shattered. 
It doesn't, it resembles what's there. You can kind of make out what was supposed to be there. You see a little bit of reflection, but the reflection's marred. This is what we live in, right? We see this every day. We see it, we hear it, we feel it, we hear it when we turn on the news and see the Surgeon General say that 20.8 million people, this was just this last week, 20.8 million people are living in this country dealing with addiction. One out of 10 of those 20.8 million people, mathematicians can figure that out real quick, are actually doing something about it. They're actually seeking treatment. We hear about news stories that say that. We hear the Surgeon General pull that. I hear people from my congregation just over the hill in Ballard having to deal with people yelling at them as they walk down Market Street to go to the bus, having people yell sexist slurs at them. This was before last the election. Having yell sex, sexist slurs at them, making fun of their ethnicity, saying you're taking our jobs making fun of orientation, making fun of their humanity. This is walking down Market Street two miles that way. We hear stories of the disruption all around us. It's a sign of the shattered pieces in our world, in our lives, in our culture. It's shalom that's picked apart and it kind of looks like what it used to supposed to be like, but there is so much missing. We see shalom being broken in our world. We hear it. We see it. We see it every day in the striving to be more, the striving and grasping, the individualism, the greed that we have in our society. Everyone grasping for something else at the expense of somebody else. Greed. The unsettledness that you have in your life, always trying to figure out what's next and then looking at other people and projecting for their lives what's supposed to be next. This lack of something in our lives, we see it all around us. We see the shattered pieces. We feel the shattered pieces in our lives. The lack of peace you have on a daily basis the lack, of peace you might, the lack of peace you might have on an hourly basis, on a minute basis. And if you're like me, and sometimes of the day, a second-by-second second basis of lack of peace. And we wonder what's happening to us. It's those questions about, am I on the right journey? Am I on the right path? Do I have the right job? Am I doing what God, is, God wants me to do? Am I dating the right person did I marry the right person? These questions that we have that we feel rising up in us. You might be asking one of those questions are, is the, are the Seahawks actually going to win it this year? I have my personal opinions. No. My team is way out of it, so don't worry. But we have those questions, don't we? Those burning questions in your life that you know come from a lack of peace. And we're surrounded. We hear it. We see it. We feel this. And we so wish that we had the whole peace. We long for justice. We long for healing. 
We want inclusive, inclusive, I can't say the word. We want to be inclusive. (laughs) It's early for me too, guys, come on. We want the shattered world to be whole again. We want those pieces, those missing pieces to have shalom. The Apostle Paul talked about this in Colossians. He spends probably the whole book talking, you can look at it, the whole book talking about shalom, the absence of it, and the fulfillment we get from Christ. Jesus said to his disciples as Nick was reading for us, I'm giving you this peace. And that peace goes back to the root word of that peace, goes back to the word of shalom. He's talking about this, this wholeness that we're all grasping for. Here's how Paul says it. Paul says, he is before all things. He's talking about Jesus. This is in Colossians 1. And in him, all things hold together. He is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn among the dead, so that everything he might have supremacy. Remember the places where we feel the break most. We feel it between us and creation, between you and I, between humans, and then we feel it between God. And then notice what Paul does. For God was pleased to have all the fullness dwell in him and to be able to reconcile all things to himself, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through the blood shed on the cross. In the first part of that passage, Paul is talking about creation. He was present with God in creation. Paul is talking that through the death on the cross, creation, the cosmos, what we talked about eight weeks ago, is being made whole again. Shalom is coming back. Paul uses two words that should jump out to us a little bit. He uses the word reconcile. For he and through him to reconcile all things to himself. The word reconcile in this context means to transfer one thing from one state to another state that happens to be quite different from where it used to be. It's the idea that things that were once against, things that were once opposite, are being made to match, they're being made whole again. And then the second word Paul uses is the word peace. It's the Greek word. It means to establish harmony. But if you take the Greek word and go down to the root, and we can get really nerdy on their words, you go back and back, and then you go back into the Hebrew. It's the word shalom. Put these together in the same sentence as Paul does, and what you have is the shattered pieces that we see in creation through Christ is being made whole again. That's the hope that we have. We don't have to live in disruption any longer. Christ, through his death on the cross, is beginning to mend the shattered pieces of our world. But Paul doesn't stop there. Paul continues, once you were alienated from God, where was the other break between humankind and God? Paul says, once you were alienated from God and you were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior, but now... He has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through the death to present you holy in his sight without blemish and free from accusations. Why do we hide from God? Because we're ashamed. We have fear. But what does Paul say? He says he is presenting you before God without a reason to be afraid anymore. That part that we have where shalom is missing in our lives where we want to hide Paul says here in Colossians, God, through Christ, that broken piece is being made 
whole once again. You have no reason to hide from God any longer. That sounds like hope. And then Paul continues the other area that we have. Mending the shattered pieces of creation, mending the shattered pieces between humans, and then mending the shattered pieces of you. How we live with each other. Paul says this, Therefore, as God's holy, dearly loved people, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other. Forgive one another if you have a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds together in perfect harmony. Perfect harmony, what does that sound like? Sounds like peace. Sounds like shalom. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace. Be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another in wisdom through psalms and hymns and songs from the Spirit, singing with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. I read this passage at weddings. I read it in the message, which sounds a lot more colorful than that I can say it or how how it's said in this translation. But it talks about how we live into relationship with one another through peace. So what you see in this section of hope is that we don't have to live here anymore. That there are pieces in our lives that are getting mended back together through Christ. Those places where you hide. Those places where you you hide from God, where you feel the break between you and God, those places where we feel the break from each other, we don't have to stay there anymore. We can have this shalom again. And that's the hope. But taking that shalom and being part of shalom in the culmination section of your bulletin, it means that we have a job to do. In Psalms 34, verse 14, the last part of it says these words, and they're powerful. It says, seek peace. Not only seek it. Hebrew poetry has a way of stacking onto each other in order to make the point. It says, seek peace, which means to look for it, to search for it. In the last part, it says, pursue it. Seek peace. Don't only seek it, pursue it. Hound it out. The imagery in the Hebrew language is a hound dog going and looking for something. You're searching for it. You're doing some work. Shalom in your life. Shalom in the way you interact with the people around you. Shalom between you and God takes some work. We're all broken in so many places. And it's going to take work to get to it. It's going to take work to bring that peace in order to heal the parts in your life. It's going to take time to reconcile those shattered places. For me, in this season that I go through, my shattered peace right here looks a lot like sleepless nights because of anxiety. Wondering if I'm going to be okay. This is my shattered peace. We also have a shattered piece in our family. My dad died in January. We're still going through these shattered pieces. And we're wondering if these pieces can be made whole again. Well, God, if we do the work, can they be, can they be put back 
to those places. It's my belief that when we seek peace in our lives and we, and we pursue it, that God begins to heal these broken places inside of you. Then, once he heals the broken places inside of you, you get to take part and help heal the broken places around you. Salome is shattered. Shalom is being restored. But in order to be a model of shalom, in order to be an agent of shalom, you need to experience shalom yourself. It takes work, but it's worth the work. It's hard, just like forgiving somebody might be hard to do at first. It's hard to do, but it's worth it. It's hard sometimes, like giving is harder than just sitting there and doing nothing. It's harder to do than getting up and doing something is harder to do than just giving. But it's worth the effort. It's worth the work that we have. Once we take part in shalom, we get to be experienced shalom in the world around us. It happens when we do the hardest work in the most secret place of our struggle, in the places that we're, where we're hiding, in the places where we don't want to admit that we're broken. Maybe that's the place where we seek peace first. And so this morning, as you look in the shattered pieces and you see maybe a glimpse of yourself in here, what places in your life does this mirror probably represent? What is your piece of the mirror? And as we live into this hope that God has for us, that we could have peace, what does it look like for you to seek it out and ask God to restore it? For me and my anxiety, it means a lot of long conversations with my wife, my close friends. It means a lot of prayer. It's a discipline. It means grabbing on to God's peace that he promises me in times where I don't feel it at all and holding on to it and saying, thank you for this peace. Now help me accept it. What's the shattered place in your life where you need to seek peace and not only know that it's broken, but actually do the hard work of restoration? What does that look like for you today? Shalom happens in pieces all around us and in us. And every once in a while, we get to see little glimpses of it. And when we see it, we claim it and put the peace back into where it's supposed to be. And we have that promise that that peace comes from Jesus. We can search for it in other places. We can search for it in other things. We can search for it in substances, in people, in sex, but it'll only perpetuate the shatteredness until we find that peace in Christ. Pray with me. Father, we thank you that through you we can have peace again. We could be made whole again. Lord, help us to find these broken places in our lives. And Lord, through the power of your spirit, will you heal us Will you make us whole again? 
Will you make us fully us and fully alive? We thank you that through you we can have peace. Lord, may uh, you work through our lives at this moment and identify those broken places. And as they come to your mind today, you please just hand them over to Christ. God, I give you my anxiety. I give you my fear, my self-doubt. You make it whole again. Lord, I see shalom in so many shalom missing in so many of my friends battling with addictions. Lord, will you make them whole again? Lord, I see shalom missing in so many marriages. God, will you make them whole again? And it's your name we pray.